Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. Playwright Matthew Freeman, last heard on this podcast talking about his wonderful play, That Which Isn't, has teamed up with director David Cody and actor Robert Honeywell, whom you've also heard on this podcast back in 2013 discussing their excellent production, Something Something Uber Alice. Together, these folks have brought Matthew's new play, the sea, the mountains, the forest, the city, the plain, to the brick. And I sat down with them after a recent performance to chat about it. Take a listen. We've all done this before. Uh, welcome back, everybody. I love it. Uh, we're back at the brick. Uh, at least go see a show. It's back at the brick. Y'all have probably been here a lot more than I have. Unfortunately, this is what dadhood does to you. You don't get to the theater anymore. Um, but thankfully, I was here for this. The show is, I'm going to see if I can get this right, the city, the mountains, the forest, excuse me, the sea, the mountains, the forest, the city, the plain. That's right. Yes. Uh, and Matt and cannot complain about anybody getting that title wrong. I got it wrong once. I got it wrong myself, yeah. And uh, that Matt that we are speaking of is, of course, the playwright. Matthew Freeman. We also have with us... Robert Honeywell. What did you do, Robert? I acted this thing. And we also have director... David Cody. So, uh, all returning guests to go see a show... Um, playwright, multiple shows mm-hmm. on the podcast, but uh, I love that we have a returning director slash actor team on a solo show. So um, I got to I gotta start with the traditional question, especially with a piece like this, um, because I feel like I've seen from your marketing materials, this has got a little bit of a Beckett background. Mm-hmm. Tell me what this play is, Matthew. Where did this come from? Uh, what is this play? Um, well, the play is a, is a, it's a solo piece. Um, it's the story of a man who has um, started a journey with a friend who goes missing right at the beginning of the journey, and he tells us the story of his uh, of his quest to find his friend. Um, so it's sort of simple in that way. Um, and the title is inspired by a quote from Texts for Nothing, where uh, Beckett lists, or the character in the, the piece lists, all the places he has considered dying and then the the sort of a punchline of that is there's nothing like breathing your last to put new life in you uh, yeah. it's it's funny that you i mean it was because you had this in my brain from having seen that quote floating around in the ether but it felt kind of like Dee Dee looking for Go-Go <laughs> on a journey as opposed to being stuck by a tree. Yeah. Uh, which That's was... interesting. Yeah. It was... It. it felt really, really yeah. lived in in that, like, beautiful, like, existential way. Yeah. Um, talk to me about, like, this, uh, this journey for you, Robert. Like, this is not, like... <laughs> simple stuff to just like hey i'm going to tell you a little story there's a this is a this is a very wild story it is wild and i have to say that it took me a while to grasp who is this person yeah who is this character that openness can be almost like daunting right yeah it was really daunting i mean in the same way and i i read the same uh, beckett text to get ready for it but if you've read a lot of beckett it could seem it's a weird combination to me of abstract and incredibly simple literally about the effort of walking down the street for example in some of the stories of Beckett that I read and this play feels that way too it's it's hard to describe exactly what he's doing or where he's going all that really happens is that he does it and one of my well I guess I shouldn't give away a great line but there are a lot of lines that are really just about doing the next thing and even trying to die but 
damn it. I'm still living. I'm still resilient. Yeah, Yeah, very much so. This is, uh, um, I alluded to this in the intro, but like a hell of a team. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) The last time that I saw you guys together, uh, David and Robert, was with Something Something Uber Alles, which is also just like incredible and tour de force sort of like brutality. Mm. This was like tour de force simplicity, Mm. which was really cool. uh, there was a little something I think before we got to the interview portion of when I turned on my microphone uh, about how this team came together. Uh-huh. Talk to me about well, that. I guess you know uh, Matt, uh, of course Matt and and his wonderful wife Pam Grossman saw something something Uberalis, and I guess when Matt was was sort of casting around for who, who should we get to direct this because he wanted to he wanted to do the producing duties on it and not necessarily have to direct it, which is a, will be a lot on his plate. I guess he and Pam thought of yeah the, this this the show we had done, <laughs> which was you know and it's 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 kind of interesting because you know I know something something Uberalis is of course it's another story about a friendship about two friends because it's narrated mm. narrated the, the narrator is talking. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, no. yeah, he's talking about my friend who bore an uncanny resemblance to Adolf Hitler, uh, <laughs> who fell into this Hitler-worshipping cult under <laughs> in subterranean Manhattan, and and his crazy fate, and so it's a, it's sort of like and, and, and it's a very it's a very emotional story about like where is my friend? What happened to him? I'm, I miss my friend, which you know is the emotional center of that piece, and and you know it's the it's 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 the emotional center of this i think there's a larger sense of fear and horror and desolation in this world that matt's created where there are suggestions that the world is in a sort of post apocalyptic state something has happened where the cities are emptied their cities are dead people are scattered across a plain we don't we don't know what has happened but so but the immediate emotional uh, connection is like i'm looking for my friend and it's very i think it's very touching especially the way robert performs it yeah, the, you said a few moments ago the simplicity of it. it. It's really about even when the world has gone to crap, what at its most basic elements does it mean to be a human being? That to me is what is really the power of the play. In the simplest of stuff, even when you're completely messed up, the environment's to crap, your health is to crap, still this irritating friend <laughs> who you've had to take care of, who might even be deaf, <laughs> still, I have a person. And you're, you're seeking that, yeah. that companionship. And that's all I want, is not to be alone, just companionship. And David references this, this fear, this desolation, this horror. Uh, goodness, why, why would you ever be feeling fear and desolation and horror <laughs> in 2019, Matt? Like, where did this, like, why, why this play? Like, where, yeah. what, what kind of, like, spurned this on? You know, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I think there's no, for my plays, there's never just like kind of one inspiration. Um, I sort of stew on different material and sort of chunk up different material in my subconscious as I, you know, uh, visual art and, and, um, and novels or whatever I'm kind of getting interested in. And then one day I just write it. It usually takes me maybe a couple of days to write something. Oh, wow. it probably only took me two or three days to write this. But um, and then I then I then I mess around with it for a while to <laughs> get it right again. Okay, for the audio medium, the rest of us were just kind of shaking our heads. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> Holy shit! What? Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's but, amazing. But what? But well, the pre-writing process, which is just thinking, um, is is a real process. It takes time. It's just then the actual. You know, uh, me and a computer scribing. screen scribing—that's yeah. a shorter process than I think people might 
expect. Um, but in terms of what inspired it, I yeah, mean, I think I'm, 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 uh, you know, I think my life is changing a lot. You know, I'm in my 40s now, and I'm, I'm, in a, in a, uh, I think emotionally, I'm finding that my relationship to the world around me is changing. My, my friends are focused on other things. Theater is changing. Like, one of the things that's very interesting about us performing this play now is that the artistic leadership at the Brick is about to change hands. And we've had this, uh, I've had this relationship with this space for a while. And I'm not saying the play was inspired by that, but I'm, you know, uh, change is a constant. Um, and uh, change comes with a, can come with a sense of loss. You know, um, uh, people leave New York, people... Um, I get married, my friends get married, people have children, people don't have children. Um, and so you hit this sort of middle part of your life and you look around and you, you miss the things that came before, even if you love the life that you have. So I think that that feeling is inspiring the piece a little bit. And I think, um, I think I have also as a writer written in lots of different um, modes I've written you know, uh, absurdist political comedies, and I've written, um, uh, you know, three-act drawing room comedies about dinner parties, and, and, but I grew up on Beckett, and I think I'm coming back around to just embracing the, the writer that I always wanted to be when I was a kid, really. So, you know, I'm, I've come back around to saying, okay, this is, I am who I love, my influences are what they are. And instead of trying to figure out, you know, what I'm going to say over here, I just want to make myself happy. And writing like my heroes and embracing them and engaging with them and um, being inspired by them openly um, feels good. I mean, it's a wonderful way to express yourself as an artist. So that's, I love that's to hear that because I, I'm not just blowing smoke when yeah. I say, like, it really made me think it's Dee Dee looking for Go-Go. Like, it, it yeah. felt like that. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a ton of, like, brilliant blue humor uh, <laughs> that just, like, pops up. Yeah. And it's like, if you read any of, any of Beckett's novels, it's yeah. like, this is, what, what's going on? This is very mundane. This is, oh my God, it's laugh out loud funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're in, like, what? And you're just like, what is going on? Like, yeah. why is this happening? Yeah. And then you'll just, again, brightness laughter it's like mm -hmm. it's like life mm -hmm. in a weird weird way yeah so you can sort of say like in a, in a cheap sort of cheap pop culture way that you know it's like this is a copy of a, of a Beckett play you know it's like Watt or Malloy with uh, Judd Apatow writing jokes in the, in the, in the margins maybe you know there's kind of like there's kind of like I don't want to say dude humor but there's kind of like there's like jokes that are like genuinely funny jokes that are not anachronistic or not uh, out of keeping in the world right. but they're like they're, they're like they're American and they're not they're not Irish 20th century jokes they're like American jokes and they're yeah. very physical which yeah. is cool well I just, want, I, just, no, I just want to, to cut you off but I just want to, what, what Matt was saying about like the, the heretic we all we all suckled at Beck, Beckett's teat <laughs> and please let that image rest in your mind <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're in good company man like this is yes. no yeah. but it's like the, the, so the, the piece accordingly with working with Robert in rehearsal to make the text, you know, three-dimensional and physical, you know, so we, it's a lot of, uh, while trying to create a sort of organic whole so that it's seamless and it all works, it's its own world, it's a very performed piece, it's very, it has, so we're drawing uh, Robert's clown training, we draw on a little bit of, a little bit of uh, soft shoe work, a little, a little razzle-dazzle showmanship, there's clown work, there's no, there's not miming, but there's uh, clown work and, 
and just sort of basic storytelling. I think yeah. that's uh, that we're that we're working with in a, in a very playful, alive way. Mm -hmm. So that's not that's not cutting me off because you went to exactly what I was about to ask, <laughs> which is the physicality of the piece. Yeah. And like, talk to me about your process together, gentlemen. Like uh, working on this. Let's let's go a little bit further yeah. into what David just stepped into. Sure. Yeah. The the hardest thing about working on this was seeing the script and figuring out how are we going to physicalize it. And I have to say that Matt's writing was amazing because at first, when I first read it, you mentioned like, where did this dark stuff come from? The first time I read it, I thought, well, hello, climate change, hello, environmental disaster. And I thought, dark, 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 dark. And then like a good Beckett story, each time I kept rereading it, I was like, oh my God, that's funny. Oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I think with David, the main thing was finding the through line, finding the propulsive changes from dark to funny to dark to funny to dark, back and forth, back and forth, and literally the physicalization of going up and down mountains and through forests and all that stuff. And like David said, basic storytelling. Um, and then after all that was shaped in a way, one of the things I really appreciated about David's direction was musicality. Like, keep it flowing. He kept reminding me this is about the language. And any time ever in performance so far, if I've struggled to find a rhythm, always go to the words. Always go to the words. And I'm not blowing smoke up Matt's ass, <laughs> but it's reminded me of when I've done Shakespeare, and I had a really good Shakespeare teacher who said it's all about the language. Never speak, then act. Act through the words. And this text is good enough that I can do that, and that's what keeps it going. That's and, what and, keeps and it. And you move through the words as well. Exactly. The words. The words showed us where he need to. We need to be on stage. Obviously, if the, you know, the, we 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 try to mix it up. Oh, we haven't used that corner yet. You know, he. Oh, he's spending too much time on the floor. He needs to get on his feet again. Mm -hmm. So that. But the words always told us where where he needed to be, and and or and when you need to sort of illustrate something with a kind of gesture, or you can just like let the words do the work. Yeah. So it's all about variety and keeping it moving and not letting it get too static. And the words always supported that, but you always had to. But you know, if we had, you could conceivably do the piece with a guy on stage, just telling us the story. But you know, and that might be interesting. But you know. I, I, I always hesitate every time I say that because like that's, that's like <laughs> mammoth. That's like mammoth direction. Like just say the words. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do any acting. Well, it's not just say the Sell words. Like, I, I really like right. the way you right. said this, Robert. Like you know, you let the words guide you. Let the yeah. words and go with the words. If you 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 have a different. Uh, I don't know if this is an awful metaphor. I'm just going to go with it. Like you, you, whenever a script is done, like there's a different car and there's a different driver. Mm -hmm. But like you can you can navigate via those words yeah. and you're going to go a different direction you're going to do different things depending on who's doing it yeah. but yeah rest on the words yeah. like that's your and yeah one thing i have to say is that i i feel like the piece is is very much expressing the aesthetic of david and robert and i mean I, it feels very much like your show and that's one thing i think is gives it so much uh strength and confidence and excitement is that it's not just uh, two artists trying to express what I was thinking. There's two really brilliant artists uh, uh, expressing themselves through the text by using the text to make something special, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, I really uh, love how much it's, it expresses your aesthetics um, uh, as much as mine. Yeah, the aesthetic that I most enjoyed using was clowning. 
uh, the Brick used to host the New York Clown Festival, and I had a lot of teachers through that, and boy, and uh, without giving anything away, we do a lot in this show of getting right in the audience's faces and playing with them and using their energy, and that to me is a delight. And that's that's one of the best elements I feel like I've brought to it that I love. It's hap- we're having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, but you know, uh, what I always keep saying is like, you know, theater is the, w- the art, at least f- as far as I'm concerned, it's the one art where you can like, a person can come on stage, do nothing and be interesting. And just by sheer charisma, you know, or words or something. And so we have a lot of like artful, there's a, the whole range from like really f- fiercely coordinated, um, choreographed movement that's uh, very, very kind of rigorous uh, to like just Robert just being there, a breathing human who's just, you know, just breathing, existing, and, 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 and I, I, you know, I would say dying in front of us. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, he's, he's just, he's there just like flaying himself open for us. Yeah. And uh, so I, I love that range of stuff because if we're, if we're nonstop clowning, you know, that might be too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I agree. So there's, I agree. He goes to zero in a beautiful way, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And it's the mark of a really brilliant script that that openness is there, Yo. that it lets mm-hmm. these artists do that work. Yeah, so, so much. Yeah. 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 Um, see if I can get it right the second time. Around. <laughs> the show is the sea, the mountains, the forest, the city, the plain. Nailed it. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you can see it at the brick. You run through when? Uh, uh, October twelfth, Wednesday and through Saturday, eight p.m. And tickets and more information can be found at uh, BrickTheater.com. And ovationticks.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one. Theater, R-E or E-R? E-R. E-R. Excellent. America. <laughs> <laughs> because America. Because America. That's a, that's a piece of subtitle. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag I, I because America. <laughs> I, don't th- I cannot think of a better place to end this. <laughs> Thank you. Me inaccurately explaining the piece. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, man. Lovely. As always. Great work, guys. Thanks for Thank coming. You. Thank you, Matt, David, and Robert, for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch The Sea, The Mountains, The Forest, The City, The Plain at The Brick, 579 Metropolitan Avenue in Brooklyn through October 12, 2019. Head to bricktheater.com or theateraccident.org, and those are both theater with an E-R, for a link to tickets and more information. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please like it on Facebook, facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter and rate and or comment on the show's Apple Podcasts page. My name is Robert A.K. Gagno. You can find me on the internet at Robert Gagno, G-O-N-Y-O dot com. Until next time, go see a show. Seriously, I was like, when I saw you guys were doing this again, I was like, I always want to catch a Matt Freeman jam, but then I was like, well, shit, like, Uh, it's the the Uberalis guys, hell yeah. (laughs)